growing up with a growing understanding speech pathology. Conversations about children's development that will support you through your parenting journey. Welcome back to another episode of Growing Up with a Growing Understanding Speech Pathology. Today I am joined by Alison Perry who is a speech pathologist and she is also a mum herself. Alison is a registered provider of training in the Sounds Right Linguistic Phonics program and she's trained hundreds of teachers and speech pathologists, parents, tutors across Australia around the Sounds Right program which supports these children with a teaching, reading and spelling. She has a great deal of experience in that literacy space and she's also the founder of Soundality and it's a great pleasure to welcome Alison to the podcast today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Lauren, for having me. We very quickly just mentioned prior to recording that you've also got a two-week-old there with you. (laughs) Yeah, a new experience again. (laughs) So you've got two children. So you've got a six-year-old and a two-week-old. So life is busy. That's correct. And and a a different kind of busy now that I'm, I suppose, officially on maternity leave for a little while. (laughs) But still managing to jump on and do a speech pathology podcast, which is awesome. So thank you for taking the time out of motherhood to join us on the podcast. I would love to find out a little bit more about you and how you came into the speech pathology profession. Can you share what motivated you and inspired you to become a speech pathologist? I'd love to. I'm the daughter of two primary school teachers And when I finished at school and decided that university was for me and further study, I went through the the, university's guide and was crossing off all sorts of things that just didn't quite fit. I loved the idea of teaching. I used to teach music. I taught piano and clarinet throughout high school. And so that always appealed, but I almost knew too much. I I completely admire the role of our teachers and educators, but I, I knew that wasn't for me. So yeah, I just kind of stumbled across this thing called speech pathology and ended up calling the local speech pathologist and had a good chat with her for half an hour, as we all tend to enjoy, and decided that that sounded ideal. So yeah, went through my training at the University of Sydney a few decades ago. <laughs> we won't put timeframes on things, you know. but certainly you've had a lot of experience working as a speech pathologist. How did you know, and I guess it, it's partly probably because of that background of having parents in that education space that might have sparked that interest, but what led you down this path of specialising and, and having interest in that literacy space? Yeah, I, I think when I first graduated, I went into a private practice that was a generalist caseload. So we're seeing families with with children who had a range of difficulties that they're looking to support. And I just found myself really passionate about learning more about reading and spelling. It's something that I didn't get a huge degree of knowledge in in my university degree. We, We covered it briefly, but it's something that I found myself spending a lot of spare time and doing my professional development hours around the field of phonological awareness and reading and spelling. And it's such a a big umbrella, even though it's this little bubble of literacy, there is a lot to cover. And I think just knowing the impact it has on an individual's life, it's not just 
school-based and academic it's socially it's going to a restaurant and being able to order from a menu it's safety it's reading the back of a medicine label you know it, it really comes into our daily lives in so many ways that when you're a literate person you take for granted so that's yeah I think where that passion came from just being able to make a difference in this quite niche area, I suppose. And I say this with a great deal of respect, but the Sounds Right program is a bit of a buzzword at the moment across the speech pathology profession and also in our education system. Everyone's talking about Sounds Right and this should be the program that we're ensuring that our children are learning and knowing. Can you tell us a little bit about what Sounds Right is and why it is? is such an, an important program that's coming through in our education system and in speech pathology programs? So Sounds Right is a phonics program and phonics is a, a part of literacy and it really helps not just children but an individual of any age to develop the ability to read and spell with accuracy and with fluency. It's a program that's been designed in a way that really takes into account the history of the written language, so how it was invented those thousands of years ago. It strips away all of the extra fluff. I had someone just tell me recently, it's like the, the Mari Kondo of phonics. It, it just, you know, just teaches what is necessary, which is still a very complex, you know, set of skills and knowledge that, that needs to be, be shared with our learners. And I think sounds right. It has a little bit of a, a mystery around it sometimes because the only way you can deliver the program is by doing the training. And that's a big investment. Um, it's four days of face-to-face -face training or it's a six-week online course. Um, but what it gives is not just the program, but the understanding. So I, I have a lot of teachers and speech pathologists not along with me when I say, programs don't teach kids to read, teachers teach kids to read. But we need to spend that time, invest that time to develop our own understanding so that we know not just what to teach, but exactly how to teach it and why to teach it in that way. And that's what Sounds Right gives us is a really comprehensive understanding of how to teach phonics really well, really effectively. And what I think is really nice and unique about the Sounds Right program is that it's something that can be delivered from speech pathologists and from educators and teachers. And it, it's a really nice partnerships between the two realms of speech pathology and education. So that's, um, you know, certainly something that's unique as well is that it can support in both areas. And so if we've got a child that's coming to us with communication difficulties, we can continue as speech pathologists to support their literacy skills within a speech pathology service, but that can also then be implemented within their learning and education at school as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, as a speech pathologist, you'd know that we often see children who are of the age where it might be grade two or grade three or older and are still finding reading or spelling challenging at school for a variety of different reasons. But yeah, Sounds Right's designed to be delivered from that first year of school. And when it is delivered in that way and done really well, then we should have very, very few children still finding it difficult to learn to read and spell. As speech pathologists, our role certainly comes in to support those families. We want to know who you'd like to hear from or what topics you would like us to discuss so we can continue to grow together. Reach out via email to growing up at a growing understanding.com.au.
as a speech pathologist and as a mum yourself, what would be some of the advice that you might have for some of our listeners if they had concerns that their child may not be reading and writing at the level that they should be for their age? What would be the steps that they should take to explore further and how to be able to seek some support from a speech pathologist or from their teachers? What should the steps be that they should take? Yeah, I think that's a really important question. I think the very first port of call is the school. So having an open conversation with your child's teacher is really important to understand what they're seeing in the classroom, to express what your concerns are and how you can work together to address those concerns. I think sometimes the risk is that that families get told, oh, we'll just wait and see or they'll grow out of it or, you know, give it another year and, and they'll be okay. But what we find is that that is quite unfortunately time that we really should and could be uh, intervening, you know, supporting that child that we end up just wasting. And, and that can be a real frustration for parents that I hear. So, yeah, absolutely. Talk with the teacher, talk with the school. If you feel that there isn't something quite proactively being done within that school system, uh, yeah, to reach out to a local speech pathologist or you might have a specialist literacy tutor in your area and asking those kinds of questions around what kind of instruction should be done here. And really, if, if reading or spelling is weak, one of the first things that we need to look at is the phonics. So how can our child link the sounds that we say with the letters that write them down? And that's what phonics is. And we ideally want to be doing that in a very structured, systematic way. So yeah, a lot of speech pathologists will be really well equipped for that conversation. The other thing I'll mention, there's a fabulous free resource available on the website www.uld.com and the ULD stands for Understanding Learning Difficulties and that's a website put out by Ausfeld and they're a non-for-profit organisation in Australia and it's yeah Understanding Learning Difficulties or Parents and a guide that's shared in a really nice easy to digest kind of way so I'd be yeah strongly recommending having a look at that too. Yeah that's a fabulous resource to be able to share thanks so much Alison we'll make sure that we put that into the show notes as well so that families can be able to find it easily but you've explained it well as well you mentioned before going on and recording that your son your six-year-old not your two-week-old but your (laughs) your six-year-old has completed the Sounds Right program I'm really interested to to find out what you're reading in your household. What are you yourself reading? Not that you probably have a great deal of time to be reading right now, but what are you reading? What is your son reading? What what sort of books are lying around? Yeah, absolutely. I've been reading, I say in inverted commas, audiobooks at the moment, and I'm currently on David Attenborough's commentary around the, the world as it is. So audiobooks for me is the way that my tired eyes can still listen. But my son, it's been quite exciting to watch his development from about the age of three and a half. And so he's now six and can read quite fluently. And it's just beautiful. He'll get up in the morning and tuck himself under a blanket on the couch and read. We've just come across, it's a Perth-based author called Byrony Stewart. And she's written, she does kids' books for very young children, as well as those kind of early-ish readers. And it's called Kumiko and the Dragon. And the language and imagery is just 
Beautiful. So we've discovered there's three in the in the series, and so we're we're enjoying reading those. Mm, I always love asking everyone those questions. So I find all of these new authors and new books that not only my own children but the children that we're working with can sink their teeth into because I think that there are some incredible authors out there that really use some of those skill sets and interests to be able to encourage book reading. So I'll definitely jot that one down. Are you concerned about your child's communication and language skills? A growing understanding speech pathology will help you and your child grow confidence and communication skills. Visit agrowingunderstanding.com.au to make an appointment today. Do you have a particular childhood memory growing up that stands out for you? I do. I love this question. I grew up on 10 acres out in the Hawkesbury Valley in Sydney and it was my childhood home. My parents actually only just sold it after 49 years of living there. And so growing up on 10 acres, we would, you know, leave after breakfast and the the dinner bell would be rung and, you know, we'd make our way back up at, at dusk. So I think growing up on a property where so much time was spent outdoors with the animals, we had horses and chooks and every fruit tree you could imagine. So you could feed yourself pretty well during the day. And so, yeah, I think just that that time outdoors was something that I, I look back and, and really value. Isn't it interesting when we're reflecting on our own childhood and, and now having children ourselves, the things that we really enjoyed as children and trying to recreate some of those experiences for our own children. And yeah, as you said, getting out into nature a little bit more and fending for yourself. It's trying to, you know, now in our busy hustle and bustle of life, trying to forge some of those experiences and new experiences for our own children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think the temptation is, oh, what toy can we get next to entertain them in the four walls of our house? But if if you go camping, you'll know that you don't really need to pack any toys. They'll find the sticks and the mud puddle and a bug or whatever it happens to be. And there's, you know, the entertainment for the next hour or two. Yeah, love it. My last question for you is, do you have a particular parenting tip? And it could be related to life generally, or it might be specific to helping children to read and write. Do you have a particular tip for parents and for our listeners? Good question. Um, At the moment, I'd be saying (laughs) (laughs) self-care. week old prioritizing that but being a bit more specific around the world of literacy I suppose would be to yeah prioritize that shared storybook reading where you can so building it into the bedtime routine um, even if it's you know at breakfast time having that five minutes and pulling out a favorite picture book and and having that time to do some shared reading together to show that reading and literacy is valued in the in the home short but frequent you know we don't need to carve out the hour a day I I know that that's a near impossible task for so many of us but yeah prioritizing that time for yeah enjoying old classics and the books that you loved reading when when you were a kid as well. At A Growing Understanding, we have a number of community events, particularly around shared story reading and shared book reading. What are some of the tips that you share with families about how to 
do that shared book reading. We talk a lot about how it's not just reading a book cover to cover. As speech pathologists, we we know the importance of doing particular things when we're enjoying books with children. Can you share what some of those specific tips may be to help a, a, a new parent who's maybe hasn't read books with their children before or they're wanting to do it a little bit differently? How can they get the most out of that shared book reading time with their children? Yeah, I think, I mean, where you can pick a book that you enjoy reading that has uh, illustrations that capture your attention, because if you're enjoying it, your child will be more likely to enjoy it as well. Books are very much more than just the words. So particularly for early picture books, having a, a talk about those pictures and what they mean to you and how they contribute to the story. And a few questions. I think we can get a bit carried away and bombard with the questions. I, I know I'm guilty of that. My son will sometimes just say, mum, just read it. But just the occasional question here or there. And it might even be a question that you ask and then you answer. And I love hearing other people read storybooks to kids. So going to the local library when they're doing a rhyme time or a book sharing there. There's some lovely YouTube videos. I know during the past 12 months, Alison Lester, who's one of my favourite children's authors, recorded quite a lot of her books on video. And she's just at her home property, reading it out with the horses. And so listening to other people read it as well can be a nice experience. Fabulous. That's all wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your experience, your background and some of those helpful bits of information for our listeners and some of the parents who may be thinking about some of those literacy skills for their children. It's been great chatting to you today. Thanks so much for jumping on the podcast and speaking with me, Alison. Thanks so much for having me, Lauren. And I I look forward to hearing your, your other guests as well. Thanks for listening to Growing Up with a growing understanding speech pathology. We love helping families navigate their parenting concerns and ensuring your child can grow and achieve. Please rate and review wherever you're listening so we can continue to grow together.